What is up, everybody? It is JT Sports. I am back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. On this episode, I'm going to be giving you guys my state of the franchise for the Los Angeles Chargers and the Buffalo Bills. Now, if this is your first time listening to the JT Sports Podcast, welcome. I appreciate you for tuning in. Make sure that you follow me on all of my social media platforms. My Instagram is JT Sports underscore. My Twitter is JT Sports underscore underscore. Make sure that you guys follow me on there so you can stay up to date with my personal life and everything that is going on with the channel as well as bonus content that you won't find on the channel or on the podcasting platform so make sure that you go ahead and follow me on twitter and instagram on all of my social media platforms lastly if you haven't already make sure that you are subscribed to my youtube channel which is jt sports The Los Angeles Chargers, in their first season under head coach Brandon Staley, went 9-8. Now, I was pretty surprised that the Chargers were not able to make it into the playoffs because when Brandon Staley first got hired, this wasn't supposed to be a two- or three-year rebuild. Like, Brandon Staley, when he was first hired by the Chargers, most of us looked at it as a situation that was when now because you already have your franchise quarterback set in place and Justin Herbert which he was a pro bowler this year so he played really well the defense had you know some talented pieces there you had Duran James you had Joey Bosa you had Kenneth Murray so you look at the job that Brandon Staley did as the defensive coordinator for the LA Rams he took their defense from being average to elite and under the span of one year so you look at the talent that the Chargers had defensively you know myself and other Chargers fans thought that the Chargers defense would end up being one of the best defenses in the league and that the Chargers overall would be a team that you know wouldn't be the best team in the AFC but they would be a team that could get into the postseason and kind of have a similar run that Cincinnati had in the postseason this year however that didn't happen because the Chargers didn't make it into the playoffs and the reason for this was because they were super inconsistent this year which is why I think it's fair to consider Brandon Staley's first year as head coach for Los Angeles to be a disappointment because the Chargers expectations going into the year for their fans were playoffs I don't think there were too many Chargers fans before the season who felt like their team wasn't good enough to make it into the playoffs this year and you had the talent to do so you just weren't really able to execute in the games that you needed to win and when you look at that loss against the Houston Texans like that probably was one of the most surprising losses of the whole entire year because like that was a game that I thought was a gift me for the Chargers and even after losing that game you know the final game of the regular season when they had to play the Las Vegas Raiders in a winner go home situation all they had to do was defeat a Raiders team that you know was playing some really good football But the Chargers were a more talented football team. And with everything that the Raiders had to endure this past season, with their head coach having to step down, the whole Henry Ruggs debacle, like having the interim head coach 
the Raiders were kind of put in a unfortunate situation. And you thought that the Chargers would be able to capitalize off that. And they weren't. So what is the state of the franchise moving forward for Los Angeles? Well, you are second right now in available cap space heading into free agency. The Chargers right now have somewhere around $57 million and some change. So that's enough to be able to sign two, three impact players. Okay, now you do have some work that could be done to the offensive line. Right guard Michael Schofield as of right now is expected to hit free agency because he doesn't have a new contract with Los Angeles. We don't know if the Chargers are going to resign him or not. Then you got the tight end position, which outside of Donald Parham, you don't really have anybody else. Jared Cook's getting up there in age. He also is a free agent. So you have to get younger when it comes to the tight end room and you got to improve that. And you need to add some more depth on the interior of your defensive line because Linford Joseph is getting up there in age and Justin Jones is going to be a free agent. Now, if the Chargers wanted to keep any of their upcoming pending free agents, they definitely have the money to do so, especially when it comes to wide receiver Mike Williams. Now, Mike Williams isn't a household name, However, he is a really good wide receiver. And if Mike Williams ends up leaving Los Angeles and signing with the right team, he can end up being a top 10 wide receiver because he's a really good contested jump ball wide receiver. He's not a wide receiver who you are going to see do a lot with the ball in his hands. He's not really going to make a lot of people miss after the catch. He's one of those guys who is a really good 50-50 ball threat who you pretty much just throw the ball up to in single coverage and he goes up and gets it he also could be a really good red zone target so if Mike Williams lands with the right team he could be a really good snag and free agency however I think that he is going to demand a pretty reasonable salary so if you're the Chargers you got to be looking at it like this okay like there are a lot of talented wide receivers coming out in the upcoming 2022 NFL draft And also, you have enough money that you potentially could upgrade from Mike Williams. So, the money that you potentially could pay Mike Williams, you can use that money and pay a guy like maybe Allen Robinson or Chris Godwin. And although those guys are going to demand a little bit more money than what Mike Williams is going to demand, you could upgrade. Also, for the Chargers, you could bring in another good pass rusher to pair alongside of Joey Bosa. Like, with the money that the Chargers have to spend, there's really no reason why this team can't go from missing the playoffs to being a Super Bowl contender by the end of the offseason, okay? And on top of that, the Chargers have some really great young building blocks to build around for the next seven to eight years and I'm not talking about Justin Herbert because we already know how great he is I'm talking about guys like Asante Samuel Jr. Rayshon Slater like those two guys played phenomenal 
as rookies. As a matter of fact, they were probably two of the best rookies at their positions from this past season. So you definitely have some key players to build around with. Okay. And then you got Duran, you got Joey Bosa there. So now all you really need is to sign two, three more high profile players. And you should definitely be in that Super Bowl conversation. However, you also have to look at the rest of the AFC West because the AFC West is going to be a really interesting division to watch for the next three to four years because you have Kansas City there with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid still there. We know that they're definitely going to be a factor. You got the Denver Broncos who many people believe are a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender. Then you have the Raiders with Josh McDaniels. They hire him, bring in general manager Dave Ziegler. And on top of that, they already made the postseason this past season. So Raiders fans probably going to think, okay, now with the fact that we have legit coaching staff, not working for interim head coach, you know, we should be a better team going into this season than we were last season with everything that we had to deal with. So the AFC West is a really tight division. And we know that the Chiefs are the best team in that division. But the rest of the the rest of the teams in the AFC West, you know, like you kind of can say they're neck and neck. Like the Chargers have the quarterback that you know everybody wants. Everybody wants to have a Justin Herbert, a lead quarterback with a great arm that can make plays. However, the Raiders don't really have that. But you do have Derek Carr, which he's not bad he played really good as a matter of fact Derek Carr you probably could say was a top 10 12 top 12 quarterback this past season however for the Chargers you definitely are lacking when it comes to what you need on the defensive side of the football because you could probably make the argument and say that the Raiders Broncos and Chiefs are ahead of the Chargers when it comes to defense. So they have to be able to improve that defense. And when you're playing in the division with quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and whoever Denver is going to bring in, like you have to be able to slow down these great offenses. That's the name of the game. So for the Chargers, you know, are they going to be able to add the necessary pieces defensively? Are they even going to be aggressive in fantasy? Because just because a team has a lot of cap space doesn't mean they're going to use it all. Doesn't mean they're going to be aggressive. Like we've seen plenty of instances where teams have had a lot of cap space going into free agency and they don't really sign anybody and they don't really use it all that much. So you guys let me know what you guys think about the state of the franchise for the Los Angeles Chargers. Moving forward is, are you high on the LA Chargers or do you think that Brandon Staley may not be as good as a head coach that we expected he might be? Let me know down in the comment section down below if you are listening to this on YouTube. Also, make sure to check out the JT Sports Podcast available on all podcasting platforms. We got to talk about the state of the franchise for the Buffalo Bills. And this is a pretty tough one for me to talk about because like, I love the Buffalo Bills. I'm not a Buffalo Bills fan, but I love the Buffalo Bills because, first of all, I love Bills Mafia. You guys show a lot of love, a lot of support to the podcast. On top of that, you know, like, I love small market teams, okay? Like, I'm just a small market person because I love rooting for the underdog. However, when you look at the Buffalo Bills, man, like, they're in a really tough spot right now. 
Now, they went 11-6. They won their division, the AFC East. And they lost to Kansas City in the divisional round of the playoffs, which pretty much came down to a coin flip. A coin flip pretty much decided the outcome of the Bills and Chiefs game, which the Chiefs ended up winning, advancing to the AFC Championship game. So you look at the Buffalo Bills, if you're a Bills fan, you're probably asking yourself, JT, what do we have to do to get over the hump? And that's why I said earlier that the Bills in Tennessee are pretty much in similar situations because the Titans and the Buffalo Bills are teams that are in the Super Bowl window. They have rosters that are capable of winning the Super Bowl. However, they simply can't afford to get over the hump. And what is it going to take for Buffalo to get over the hump? Because you probably can say, well, JT, like they're lacking in a couple of key areas, which every team has strengths and weaknesses. When you look at the Buffalo Bills, however, like I don't really see any area on this roster that is just a complete, you know, like weakness. Like they need more depth at wide receiver. We don't really know what's going to happen with Emmanuel Sanders. Okay, they need to improve at left guard because one of their starting offensive guards from this past season is currently right now slated as a free agent. Then you got edge rusher Jerry Hughes. So what is it going to take for Buffalo to get over the top? Like what marquee player could they potentially sign in free agency to help boost them over that hump? Like, is it the run game? Do they need to have a better running back? Do they need to have, you know, a more dominant pass rusher? Because we saw Gregory Russo flash a couple of times during his rookie season. Like, do they need him to explode? Are they looking for somebody who can become a game changer when it comes to the pass rush position? Are they missing that? Do they need a pass rusher that is elite? Are they hoping that Gregory Rousseau can blossom into that elite pass rusher that they're looking for? Like, do they need another corner, another linebacker, another D? Like, what is it? You get what I'm saying? Like, that's what I'm trying to find out. That's what a lot of people are trying to find out. Like, what is keeping Buffalo from getting over the hump other than Kansas City? Like, why can't the Buffalo Bills defeat Kansas City? And that's pretty much the question that a lot of people are going to be asking when it comes to the Buffalo Bills, like, can the Buffalo Bills finally get over the hump? Can they finally beat the Kansas City Chiefs in the postseason when it matters the most? Because if you ask me, if Buffalo played the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC Championship game, I would have took Buffalo because Buffalo was a better matchup. Because Buffalo's defense was better than Kansas City and their secondary was a lot better than Kansas City's. And when you're playing Cincinnati, you have to limit their ability to create big plays, which is something that I think is a strength of the Bills defense. So I think that Buffalo, if they would have played Cincinnati in the AFC Conference Championship game, they would have advanced to the Super Bowl. However, we can't live off speculation and what ifs. But it does look like there is a position that we may be overlooking that if Buffalo can improve, could be what takes them over the hump. 
But the question is, what is that position? Now, also, Josh Allen had a phenomenal season. And not a lot of people are really giving Josh Allen the praise he deserves for how he played this year. Like, he had, you know, one or two off games. But outside of those one or two off games that he had, like, he was consistent. He may have been the second most consistent quarterback this past season behind Aaron Rodgers because Josh Allen delivered time in and time out and if you guys aren't following me on Instagram make sure that you guys go ahead and do so you can follow me on Instagram at JT Sports underscore I released my all pro team you know the guys who I felt should have been all pros and Josh Allen was you know behind Aaron Rodgers when it comes to my all pro list of quarterbacks I only chose two And I felt like Josh Allen was the second best quarterback in the NFL from this past season. He was more consistent. And on top of that, he made a lot of big plays. And he wasn't as turnover prone during games like guys like Patrick Mahomes were or Justin Herbert. And I'm looking at Josh Allen right now. I have him rated as the second best quarterback in the NFL. And if Aaron Rodgers retires and doesn't play for the Packers or doesn't play overall this is done with football I will have Josh Allen as the best quarterback in the NFL because like he had a phenomenal season and yet you know like he was a Pro Bowl snub initially he wasn't one of the three QBs voted into the Pro Bowl for the AFC initially it was Patrick Mahomes Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson So he wasn't even initially a Pro Bowl starter. So then you look at the fact that, you know, he wasn't named to the All-Pro team. Like, I just feel like you look at Josh Allen. Josh Allen has been incredibly underrated based off how he's performed. And it's kind of weird because everybody knows that Josh Allen is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But I'm calling him underrated because I don't feel Josh Allen is properly ranked where he should be in terms of quarterback rankings in the NFL. Like, if you were to name your top three QBs in the league right now, I'm pretty sure not too many people would consider Josh Allen to be a top two, top three quarterback right now like I do. So I think Josh Allen deserves a lot of praise. And I'm going to be interested in seeing how next season goes for Josh Allen because their offensive coordinator who has been with the team ever since Josh Allen was first drafted Brian Dable took the head coaching job with the New York Giants. So Ken Dorsey is going to be replacing Brian Dable as Buffalo's new offensive coordinator. And we don't really know what to expect from Ken Dorsey. We don't know what his tendencies are. We don't really know what kind of play calling he likes to, you know, rely on in certain situations. Like we don't really know about Ken Dorsey. So it's a huge question mark when it comes to, you know, what kind of play calling you're going to get out of him. However, having Josh Allen is going to help out Ken Dorsey because when you have a lead quarterback, he can turn a bad play call into a good play call. He can turn a play that should result in a loss of yardage and turn that play into a two-yard gain. So the better quarterback you have, the better he's going to make the guy calling the plays look. So the last thing is... What will happen with cornerback Levi Wallace? Will he return to Buffalo? Because he's coming off his best season during his time in Buffalo. Like, 
this past season, 2021-2022, was the best season he ever had in his pro career. And he's probably going to get a pretty solid contract in free agency. He's not going to get anything that's going to make him the highest paid corner or anything like that. Nothing record-breaking. But he is going to demand a pretty solid contract and for agency i wouldn't be surprised if we see levi wallace sign the deal that's around three years 30 million dollars somewhere in that range i'm not talking about 30 mil per year but i'm just talking about overall you know he's making 30 million over the next three years or something like that you get what i'm saying so we don't really know where you know other teams have Levi Wallace in terms of their rankings and priority for agents that they got to get in, that they must sign. So I think there's a chance that we could see Levi Wallace return to Buffalo. However, you know, Buffalo currently is under the cap. They're negative $1 million under the cap. So they're going to have to renegotiate a couple of deals and rework some things. But I do think that there's a good possibility that Levi Wallace could return and for agency to Buffalo because he's going to get a pretty solid contract. But I don't think it's going to be anything that Buffalo shouldn't be able to match. So overall, I look at where this franchise is for Buffalo. And I know Bill's Mafia has to be pretty frustrated with the fact that they keep coming up short. However, you're getting there. You're coming close. And the fact that you're coming close may irritate you. But I think that we are going to see Buffalo in the Super Bowl sooner rather than later. So you guys let me know how you guys feel about the state of the franchise for the Buffalo Bills.